0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Turn Out of Punk. I'm your host Damien Abraham and once again I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, a legend. There's no other way to put it. A Chicago punk legend. Dan Vapid of the band Screeching Weasel of the band uh, The Queers of the band The Methadones of, of so much. Like a, a true bonafide legend. And uh, more on that in a second. But first, I gotta say thank you, thank you, thank you to the fine folks at Vans. That's right, Vans shoes is come on board as a sponsor of this podcast, and they let me book whoever the heck I want, and uh, that's it. So uh, you get to hear interviews with all sorts of different people, and I'm sitting here with not one but two of my favorite people in the whole world, Dorian and Camden. How you guys doing? Good. How are you doing, Cam? <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, guys, we are here today to uh, to tell everyone that if they want to get in touch with us over at Turned Out of Punk, they can go over to damienabraham.com. There's an email address there. They can also find me on various forms of social media at Damien. If you do use Facebook and would like to get in touch with the show, you can over, head over to the Turned Out of Punk Facebook page run by my brother, Tristan Abraham, show producer, and your guy's uncle, right? Uncle Tristan? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uncle Tristan uh, would be very happy to get a response to your inquiry or question. You can send in stuff to the show. We post it up on the Facebook page. If you don't use Facebook, like me, I don't use Facebook, you can go over to turnedoutofpunk.tumblr.com and check out stuff that we post over there as well, if you'd like to support the show, the best way of doing that is by heading over to uh, iTunes, if you use iTunes, write a review, subscribing to this podcast, uh, rating it, telling your friends is the best way to help if you don't use iTunes. And once you're over there, you'll see that there's a lot of other podcasts in our little podcast family, including a brand new episode of Oil and Flowers featuring Buddha Blaze. You guys know Buddha Blaze, right? DJ Buddha Blaze? From Tribe? Tribe Called Red? Yeah, of course. Uh, Buddha uh, and I have just recorded a brand new episode of Oil and Flowers that's up there. You can check it out. You can also see that there will be a brand new up footnotes any moment now. We're just waiting. Chris and Tool and I just need to get our schedules to align and we will be recording one of those and putting it up there as well. So today on the show, we have a guy by the name of Dan Vapid. He played in a lot of Great punk bands, a lot of unbelievable punk bands. He played in this band, the Screech or Screeching Weasel. He played in a band called the Queers, which is not a very good name, unfortunately. Hey guys, it's kind of a mean name. So a poorly named band, but a, a classic band musically, all the same. And also played in the band, the Methadones. He's he's a real. like, played in tons of other stuff. Someone that has been there, right from the, for me, the, the most interesting time in Chicago punk. Because this point where you have the DIY explosion, the pop punk explosion kind of happening, you have all this kind of stuff going on at the same time. So, you know, Dan Dan touches all those worlds. And uh, even more, I know, look at that. It's recording us as we talk, buddy. And even more than that, Dan also touches on Chicago death metal. Chicago metal. Yep. It's all in this episode. So I'm not going to go on any further and ramble along. I'm going to let you guys... Sit back, relax, and enjoy Dan Vapid on. Turn out a bunk. (laughs) Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. As I was just telling you off air, uh, I got to meet you years ago. And so now the chance to get to punish you in a real way about your musical past is a dream come true for me. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, well, I will uh, get to all sorts of places. I'm sure that I want to talk about, but I got to start this off the way they all start off, which is, Dan, how'd you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? Uh
1: I I, I do. Um, before I was into punk, I was into metal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I grew up like. I, basically, the the trajectory that I took was, you know, being about five, six years old, like in Kiss and ACDC, went to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, went to Slayer and Metallica. And, you know, Metallica would wear would wear punk t-shirts a lot. And, you know, and every once in a while you would see the guys in Slayer wear them. I'm like, well, who's that? <laughs> you know, so a, a couple friends of, of, of mine, we uh we tuned into a radio station out of Chicago on Saturday nights called Fast and Loud mm-hmm. and it was like a you know punk hardcore show on Saturday nights and it was uh really just really i the first song i think i can remember hearing uh there was a couple but the one that really stood out was um a, a band Called the Offenders. It was a song called "I Hate Myself."
0: An amazing song. Amazing oh song. my god. Yeah, you, know, you know that song. Oh yeah, great band. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, I remember that show really well. They played. Um, they played that song, the song "Anarchy Burger" by the Vandals. Yep. They played. Um, they played the Battalion of Saints. Uh, Articles of Faith, who are a Chicago band. Um, Vic was just on the show
0: a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, very cool! Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So,
0: um, but like a toolbox so, of amazing records, they kind of presented you with right off the bat.
1: Right off the bat, yeah. And then, um, you know, I had—I guess I had heard the Sex Pistols, but it was more just in passing. Like probably like a year before that, mm-hmm. maybe two years even. I heard him, but I didn't think much. Um, and I had heard the Ramones when I was about 10 years old, but I didn't think much, mm-hmm. which was pretty funny. I'll get to that later. But <laughs> um, uh, I guess it just kind of wasn't the right time or whatever yeah. the frame of mind was. I, I can't really explain it now, but um, but at that time, um, those I heard that, and then maybe about... I want to say maybe two or three weeks later, I heard the Dead Kennedys, and then I heard Minor Threat and the Misfits, and then uh, I, I had a friend who um, he he went to a private school and he um, out in Evanston, and we were all living in Des Plaines, Illinois, and so he Evanston is like uh, where that radio station that I was talking to you about was from. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good you know, 20, 30 minute drive from where, where we grew up. But, um, you know, he went there to go to school and there was some other kid, like some punk rock kid and he made him a tape. And so he taped, um, he, he made him a tape of the misfits and, and minor threat and I made a dub of his tape Mm -hmm. and I listened to it like, like every day like for just like for for a really long time Mm -hmm. and i kind of knew pretty quick i was like wow i like i like punk rock more than i like metal like i could just kind of tell you Mm -hmm. know i can tell that was kind of where the direction i was i was leaning to i still liked you know the bands that i like and i still do to this day too i mean i still like some of the early metal stuff that i did when i was growing up but uh, like it, it kind of changed when I heard punk rock. It just kind of it changed me for sure. Like I was just like, okay, yeah, this
0: is my thing. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> what did push you to metal in the first place? Did you have like an older sibling well, or? I
1: did. Yeah. Uh, I like. Well, the metal thing, like I said, like when I was, um, the first band that I ever heard was um, was Kiss. Hmm. I heard Kiss and then I heard David Bowie at the same time, and it was a kid that lived across the street from me, um, and I remember there was a kid that lived down like a, at the end of the block from us that he's like, "You ever heard of the Beatles?" I'm like, "Are they anything like Kiss?" <laughs> 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 and he's like, "Well, kind of, you know." He's like, and so he played me the Beatles, and I was like. No, I don't really like this. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's the, there's no, there's no. And, and kiss so, here. which is ironic, you know. So, you know, later on, I mean, I now I'm a huge, huge, huge Beatles fan now. Mm-hmm. But like at that time, when I was five, six years old, like that just, I was just really into that kind of. um I just like that power, you yeah. know, of those big guitars and just those, you know. um just stuff that just seemed over the top and all that. Well they're um,
0: like superheroes on stage, Kiss.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. They were like superheroes on stage and um you know what and then I you know, from there, like I said, it just went from from them to like ACDC and then like, you know, other hard rock bands mm-hmm. and metal bands and then metal led to that was the um, the progression. You know, those, those really early thrash metal bands, they always had punk rock T-shirts on. Yeah. And I was like, well, if they like it, I want to hear it.
0: Were you, you, know? were you into any of that Still. Chicago metal at that time? Like Master, or, or I'm trying to remember the band that came before that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I remember I knew Master. Um, I knew, like, my brother played in a band with, um, with Paul from really? Master. Yeah.
0: Oh, crazy. What was that band called?
1: abomination. Oh my god, for real? I got
0: the yeah, abomination. Yeah, my
1: brother was a my brother was a guitar player for a while.
0: Oh, that's insane. Did he play on the on that record?
1: Um He didn't play on a record. He okay. played with the band for I want to say a couple of years, like maybe like 2 years.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, with Master used to um, like when they were first starting, they were called Deathstrike before that, and okay, like
0: that's it—that's the name I was trying to remember.
1: Yeah, my my brother had tried out for Deathstrike, and I can remember them kind of chuckling when he was trying because he was, <laughs> and I felt really bad for him. You know, I was like, oh god. But then later on, um, he then well, he had Deathstrike, and then he ended up getting a different singer, all this other crap, and then like. Um, and then Master were 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 a band, and then I, after that, like my brother had joined Abomination at some point, point. and so by that by that point, I was more into like hardcore and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's and my brother
1: kind of like stood like was was still um, <laughs> doing doing the metal thing.
0: Absolutely, but your your brother took you along to the audition for Deathstrike.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, he he went. And it was like um, it, it was like a a place like a storage place, mm-hmm. and they weren't supposed to be playing there, um, but they <laughs> did, and it was kind of like in the middle of you know like a big lot of like just storage spaces, yeah. And they you know, they just kind of <laughs> play there.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, and uh, I remember really liking them. Kind of qu- quite a bit, actually.
0: Yeah, they definitely um, gone on to become kind of legendary in, in, in the, like you know, recent years. Right, right.
1: Uh, um So yeah, yeah, I, I I knew who they were.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: you know, so yeah, I, like I I had taken that path um, in. You know, and and a lot of it had crossed over. There was a lot of people that were into metal that were, like, into hardcore, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it was from those bands that were kind of saying, hey, look at this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and like I said, just for me, it spoke really, really loud. It really struck a chord, you know, Um, not that the metal stuff didn't, but like I can tell like when I had first heard punk and hardcore, I was like, no, this is it. This is my thing. Um, Like, I just kind of knew it.
0: So where did you kind of go? So I was just kind of changed. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, where did you kind of go? Like, you've obviously got this tape now that's been an epiphanal kind of moment for you, but where did you kind of, what was the next step? Like, were there local bands happening? You saw? Uh,
1: Well, yeah, well, the next step with that is that um, we, I grew up, uh, in a town called Des Plaines, Illinois, which is it, it's it's near O'Hare Airport. Okay. Um, and so we try to figure out how we can get records, you know. And so what we had to do, I don't mean to sound like such an old man here, but what we, you know, like back in my day, we had. But no, this is the truth. This yeah. is I, I'm going to be totally honest here. I mean, we used to. You know, I would walk about two miles into, until I got to downtown Desplaines, and then I would meet my friends, and we would wait for the bus, and we would take the bus to Skokie, and we would take the train <laughs> over to Skokie to Evanston, and then to Evanston, all the way down to Wax Tracks Rec, Records. Um, you know, go get records, and then make the same kind of, you know... Um, trip back and it was like kind of an all day event thing yeah. you know so if we like you know I had one friend would get one record and another one would get another one and um and what we did we would just um you know we would just tape you know we would just record you know each other's records mm-hmm. you know everybody would kind of buy one and we would kind of swap them for you know um you know then we, we would we would come back into town you know after you know being out all day and just kind of listen to stuff and that's just kind of how we did it a bunch of times and then you know between that and just uh, a lot of it was word of mouth i mean it, it finding stuff was was really pretty hard mm-hmm. you know but like um we we were we were determined to get it, you know. Like we were like, okay, well what's this? What's what's this who's this band? You know, like just we were on it and, and, and you know that that really never changed for me really. I mean pretty much from that age on I'm still pretty much that way with things. I really get into something, I wanna know everything about it, you know, so um but uh, yeah that's how that's how we um we were we were experiencing music back then. So you what, know, We would have to do the same thing with shows. We would yeah. go and take the train, and we would have to take the train back to a certain point, and then have one of our parents pick us up from the <laughs> train stop. You know. So what was the first show you went? We had do? a lot of that. Our oh, first show was uh, Seven Seconds and the Descendants. Oh, what a bill! Yeah.
0: They've Were those bands huge in Chicago? Because I imagine like that tour wow. would have been like a big blockbuster tour.
1: Um, it was. Um, I want. I mean, it wasn't like sold out or anything. I mean, it was pretty full. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say it was probably three quarters full of like maybe a you know eleven hundred capacity room.
0: Who were so, the who were the big bands in Chicago at that time? Like who were the big local?
1: Naked Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Naked Reagan were a big or a big band. Um Big Block, I guess would be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at that point, yeah. I mean there's there's more that were later and uh, you know Articles of Faith were a big band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were, like, big, like, Naked Ray Gun were, but they were, you know, in my mind, just really important, and a lot of others as well. Um, great, great band. Effigies were pretty popular.
0: Is it is it um, true that there's, like, a big divide between Effigy fans and, like, sort of, like, Articles of Faith fans and other fans? Like, you like. It's obviously made a big deal of in that American hardcore. And then yeah. when I had yeah. Vic on the show recently, he was, he brought it right. up again. And uh, just as like a, right. a, a kid going to shows, did you feel that at the time? Uh-uh.
1: No, I, I really didn't. Um, uh, but, you know, I didn't have the same experience those guys did. Yeah. You know, I wasn't right there in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pretty young kid at that time. Mm hmm really not knowing a lot about politics at that point either, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So anything, I mean, you know, being like 15, 16 years old, it's still pretty, all pretty new to me. And so just trying to, you know, get my head around a lot of it. Yeah. Um, But I mean, in my mind, it was, um, you know, I just thought both bands are, were pretty cool. And yeah. I still do to this day. I just, you know, um, I, I'm not really sure how the, that rivalry kind of um, started, but um yeah, I wasn't there. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I really know. No, I've just always wanted really comment like, on it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I no, And I'm like, obviously don't expect you to weigh in on like which side is right or anything like that. But, the, but it's, I've always wondered how, you know, like, much of that is just, like, the experience by the bands and how much would be experienced by people going to shows. Um, and it also, it's, it's fascinating to me that that's, like, you know, to me, the Chicago punk explosion is, is still to come, right? Like, like well, you guys are kind of the, the forebears of it and then Los Crudos and then there's just, like, such a DIY mm. explosion. Like, Chicago becomes the epicenter of punk for for the 90s to me like there's just so much stuff that comes out of that scene
1: there is yeah i think chicago uh definitely has had a lot of really great periods to it a lot of great bands have come out of chicago and illinois in general Mm -hmm. um uh the, I, I do think Chicago has had a lot of periods that were you know pretty dull. Yeah um, That's just my opinion on that. I mean it's just kind of had its ups and downs but um, you know overall I, I, I would agree with that. There's been some great great stuff and, and yes, Los Crudos was 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 really uh, was really great too. Like Ma- Ma- Martine from the Los Crudos, um, we used to go to a lot of shows together back then, Mm -hmm. um, before he was in the Los Crudos. So, um, yeah, great guy. Um, great band.
0: Well, you guys Uh, are on that first comp that he put out too, right? Like I think before Los Crudos was even a band, like when he just started the label. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had, he put out a record, put out a seven inch record. There's a fungus among us. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it had a, a, a bunch of Chicago bands on it. It's it,
0: so, it's awesome yeah, how, that. like, I, and I guess, like, getting back to, you know, your journey at this point. So you go to this 7 Seconds Descendants show, um, and I guess after that, are you, you know, obviously <laughs> travel permitting, trying to go to as many shows as possible type thing? Is it, like, an every weekend experience?
1: It's pretty much, like, an every weekend experience after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd gone to one, and, then like, um, we, we were just going... It was kind of the big group of us, like maybe, you know, big meaning like maybe seven or eight of us that were kind of into that stuff. Um, And, you know, sometimes it would be two of us. Sometimes it would be all of us. You know, it just would have to depend on, you know, what was going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would go to everything. Mm Mm-hmm you know, every weekend I, I wanted to see as much stuff as possible.
0: And like, um, and so would you go to like shows with big black or was that almost like a separate scene? Um, I've never seen big Black. Okay. Yeah. That, that answers um, that part. Don't worry. I was always wondering, yeah, could, like, they, how, it seems like it would be different, like a much older kind of crowd. I. It was a little different
1: for me. I mean, now, would I, I don't think of it being that radically different or anything. Yeah. I think back then, well, that's kind of a weird question in, in a way. I mean, um, there's a lot of things. Uh, I, I was, you, you, a lot of times people really differentiate really, really strong about just like little differences where I think in a lot of ways like people didn't back then. Like it was real common for somebody – who like the Ramones? To like Husker Dude, To like Flipper? To like the Descendants? You know, where I think a lot of times now you don't get a lot of that crossover. You know, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. If you like, uh, say, it definitely got a
0: lot more codified as time went on.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm kind of what I'm trying to drive at a little mm-hmm. bit. But I think Big Block were a little. A little more, a little different than what I was used to at that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm talking 15 or 16, (laughs) but then like by the time I'm 18, I'm like, no, this is awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. So
0: so all that stuff changes, so. So what were some of like, I guess, uh, what were some of the other bands that were kind of coming through at that time that really spoke to you?
1: Oh, there was a band called Out of Order that i really liked awesome band really really a lot yeah i wish i used to go see them all the time um loved them thought mm-hmm. they were awesome uh and i only made one record um and when they did i was like wow this is just doesn't capture how good they are live and um i mean i like the record and everything but it was just like um just thought they were going to be like this um you know, this really big thing and it just kind of didn't turn out that way. But, um, I really, really liked them a lot. I used to go see life sentence. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked them at that time, you know, I didn't, for me, they didn't really over the years didn't hold up as well.
0: Um, but, um, I love that LP. You don't, re- you don't think that LP, I guess like live, it might've been a different experience.
1: We, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, for me that, you know, uh, just, I don't know. Just like anything else. There's some bands that hold up. There's yeah. others. That,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but I was into them back then, you know, what about that band? Naked hippie. Did you ever see them play? Uh, I don't know them. Okay. They're just another Chicago random LP band that I've picked up <laughs> over the years. I've been, Chicago's one of those scenes that I'm like super obsessed with because it, it, there's such a diversity of bands that kind of come out of there as we just talked about. But what about Bopal stiffs? Did you ever see them? Oh, I saw
1: them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They were great.
0: Yeah.
1: Played with them a bunch. Um, you know, uh, same with peg boy, you know, Larry went on to go, um, play with peg boy, Mm -hmm. who are are, are pretty great. Um, yeah. 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 Paul stiffs. I used to see all the time. Um, they were they were kind of a favorite of mine for a
0: while yeah I think that, I think that that 12 inch and that uh seven inch hold up still mm-hmm yeah yeah they're, they're that's some good stuff so you're uh, like were you playing at this point or playing music or like uh, you sang in your first bands right
1: yeah well I mean the first band. You know, it's funny, the first band I ever played in, um, I had a friend, and he, later on we ended up playing in a band together, but at the time he was the only one that actually had a guitar and had an amp, and you know, had another. there was another kid, and then he got like these five gallon um, buckets, and he used them for drums. And like we got like like a Mr. microphone and duct taped it to a broom handle and there was somebody had a bass and it had like two strings on it <laughs> and you know he was showing me how to play this thing and I was like okay I go here and I go here and and we were just making noise in the garage and we were awful <laughs> um, and you know our songs were like they were, they, were, they were totally terrible um, but I had some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. To this day I think about that time about like the really early periods of of playing in a band and it was just so so much fun.
0: Did this um, band like record or play out or is it just strictly No
1: English? I mean well' see look, if, I'm talking to Mike when I was like 15 you yeah. know, so it was like um, we had like a different band name every week. Yeah, you know we were like, okay, we're going to oh, Motorhead. Let's call it Engine Cranium. <laughs> you know, uh, let's take the STP logo and we'll call it the Stupid Two Face Punks. Okay, <laughs> you know, so we're, you know, we would change our band name every week. We got a couple songs. Um, we we were pretty directionless. It was just kind of outrageous stuff. Um, uh, we ended up playing a party. Under the name, um, I believe STP was what we were calling ourselves. <laughs> so we played with another uh, a band, and they were calling themselves DSB, and they actually had their, their their shit together. You know, they were actually sounding pretty good. And they asked me if I would sing for them because one of the guys is going to college, and I was like, okay. And uh, so I ended up playing like two shows with this band. And then another band that saw me sing, and they were a hardcore band called Generation Waste, and asked me if I wanted to sing for them. I said, okay. And so I started singing for this band, and that was the first band that I recorded like a demo tape with. Oh, awesome. Um, What's that been vibe like? We sounded like kind of like seven seconds minor threat kind of stuff. Mm hmm kind of hardcore stuff um so that was the first band that i played in which is it was like the first real band It was like the first band i played you know like recorded a demo tape but mm-hmm. that was kind of a big deal at that time you know um you know a lot of bands would play and not record anything and, absolutely you know, we had a demo tape we had like t-shirts you know <laughs> we had
0: like uh, it's a real band
1: yeah, exactly, you know, it wasn't just something in a party in a garage or something. Like we we started getting shows and um and we we ended up playing with like kind of a lot of bands too. I mean, we played with like The Exploited and The Adolescents and um you know, Corrosion of Conformity and you know, so it was a really good experience for me to be able to you know, um, you know, be like 17 years old and then you know being able to play with some of the bands i had just been listening to like maybe you know earlier that e- year or whatever
0: i gotta track down um, this demo now it's gonna like be something i'm gonna have to add to the one uh, i'm pretty sure it's on youtube I'm, i, I want to say okay i'm gonna have to check it out after this
1: yeah yeah it's
0: fucking fun um
1: you know, so we had, like, you know, a skeleton with a gun in his hand for a logo and shit like that. But, you know, it was cool, you yeah. know what I mean? It was the, kind of the way, like, we just thought that stuff was kind of cool, like, at that age. and Absolutely. Uh, no, this
0: band sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds like... I don't yeah, know. we did well. We actually did pretty well. We had a pretty good following, actually. Um, Who were some of your contemporaries so, that you were kind of, like, in a, in a scene with, did you feel like?
1: Well, I mean, I would say we were playing with... Well, Screeching Weasel we played with a couple yeah. times uh, before I played with them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Bhopal Stiffs mm-hmm. um, played with Life Sentence a couple times. Um, you know, I, I guess um, there was a band called ID Under. Yeah, of and we
0: course. we played good they, they were on uh, uh, Underdog uh, Records, right? Or
1: something? You know, no. They, yeah,
0: yeah. No Empathy. Yeah. It
1: would be another band. Um, you know, so just, uh, you know, bands like that.
0: Was the scene Who, big at that time? Were like there the, like a lot of kids coming to see shows?
1: Yeah, the shows that, at that point were out in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. There was a point where um, like the Metro in Chicago, they just weren't booking punk rock shows. A lot of it just was, it was getting kind of violent. Mm-hmm. Like skinhead violence and stuff like that, and so they, they they just stopped, and so like a lot of the shows are going on um, in Palatine, and so like that I just you know we used to go to those shows like every week, and we would play them a lot, and they they did great, you know they were really really did great. Mm-hmm. Um, always always a lot of people every show, so. Um Yeah, so just that was a really just a good, good experience. I think overall,
0: and sonically I think, it's, know, it's kind of diverse too. Like all these, all these bands that you're describing, like it's not like everyone had like a sound.
1: That's true too. I think yeah, and that's a good point. And and that's kind of like what that point I was telling you, you know, making earlier, with it wasn't that, it wasn't that weird back then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Um, at some point, it really got um, a little more narrowly defined where people were like, okay, I do this thing, I, you know, and then they wouldn't cross over anymore. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, at that point, I mean, you know, Screech and Weasel would play with, you know, Generation Waste would play with the Bow Paul Stiffs would play with ID Under. It was, it was kind of all the same shit, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of fit under the same umbrella. At least it did in my mind. So, um, what about the big uh, Gear?
0: Did you play with them ever?
1: Oh yeah, played with them all the time. They got um, Gear, where um the, the guitar player of Gear. Was uh, in Generation Waves with me. Okay. And so, um, and then the drummer, the second drummer, was, my goodness, right? Yeah, I think it was the second drummer, was also in Generation Waves for a little while. So, yeah, like, yeah, Gear were great. Yeah, they're fantastic. Really, really great. Band. They were a band I I really, really liked a lot.
0: Yeah, that Seven Inch is incredible. And kind of like a right. a forgotten. Gem too, like a lot of people, I don't know, I think sleep on it.
1: Yeah, they had they had a bunch of other songs that uh, that they were going to record for a record that kind of never made it to a record and that were really good. Um, it was I was always kind of uh, bummed out it didn't quite quite make it, but yeah, um,
0: that, oh, man, you kind of I hope like. They're a band that kind of deserves a reissue treatment too. So, like, maybe all that yeah. stuff will get released at some point. Would be kind of nice. Yeah, there's certainly like a band that, you know, I think, I don't know how many were pressed that 7-inch 500, but it's, uh, I don't know, one of those ones that when someone hips you to it, it's just like, oh, man, this is an incredible record.
1: Yeah. 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 They were a really, really great band. I uh, saw them a lot.
0: So after you guys kind of, like, obviously you've played these shows, like, huge shows. Like, I imagine the Exploited show would have been really big. Did it get to a point where you guys were thinking about touring or thinking about putting out a record, or was it just something that ran its kind of course naturally?
1: Um, I don't really remember with the touring thing, but we we had talked about doing a record, and um, we started we started getting some new songs together, and they... You know, looking back, I kind of knew it at the time. I, um, they just they they just really weren't very good. Mm. Um, they were really unfocused. Where I think like the band started off as something, and then like by the second time of re- recording, it was just like influences all over the place. Yeah. Um, it, it, which can be good sometimes if it has a focus or a common thread to kind of make it something that you can identify with. But in this case, it just didn't. Um, you know, I, I kind of learned a lot of things too, is just writing, writing lyrics, you know, my, I kind of wasn't writing enough from, Oh, how maybe I truly felt, you know, I was kind of, when I was young, I would kind of try to write things that I thought people would think would be cool. And that was the wrong approach. (laughs) You know, I learned that pretty quick, but, um, I guess, you know, you do these things and you learn, you kind of go, okay. Um, and you know, you just guess you don't repeat them or whatever. Um, but that was my, experience with that another thing with generation waste too is it was the kind of thing um where like hardcore for me was just kind of getting to be more i was really getting more into like the early punk stuff Mm -hmm. um and i was just kind of getting more away from that and more into the you know the ramones and the dickies and stuff i really kind of liked early bad religion a lot I kind of wanted to push for that more, and it just wasn't wasn't going to happen. So mm-hmm. by the end, it was just kind of everybody was kind of going separate ways, uh, and so it just broke. You know, um, I liked the band; it wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do
0: at the end. I think we're <laughs> so. we're, we're like um. Were, when did that Ramones bug click for you? When did, when did that actually take, cause you know, you said you had an aversion to him at, not an aversion, but you just didn't connect with them at first.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't connect with them when I was about 10 years old.
0: Yeah. Obviously you're pretty uh, young. Yeah, enough, I right, heard so.
1: rock and roll high school. I think sometimes with certain bands, you just don't hear the right song, mm-hmm. you know, and like something doesn't land right the first time around. And for me, I heard rock and roll high school. And I was like, this is kind of hokey. <laughs> you know, now I hear it. It doesn't really bother me. You know, I don't think it's hokey anymore, but it, did. like, I bet if I heard like the Blitzkrieg bop, bop first, I'd be like, Oh, this is all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I didn't, I heard, I heard what I heard and that was that. Um, so it, the, the thing that's always been kind of funny with me is that I've always liked, um, You know, I liked a lot of hard rock, and I liked metal, but, you know, I I was that kid that, (laughs) this is really funny, but I was that kid that, you know, I would hear, like, ABBA, and I'd be like, God damn, this is fucking good. (laughs) And I wouldn't want to admit it to anybody, you know? Yep. Because I'm, like, this kid that's, like, really into, like, hard rock and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. I'm, like, hearing an uh, ABBA song or a Bee Gees song, I'm hearing that melody, and I'm going fucking son of a bitch i like this (laughs) i like this a little too much to want to admit it and so it it got to a point like i noticed like um you know by the time like in my late teens it was like a thing of like what i had felt like the ramones were doing in my mind was like they had like that that really good sense of melody while still having those big guitars and that drive and the attitude and and so um the two things in my mind kind of clicked, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would probably say it was around 87, 88. And then they were, they were my favorite band for a long time after that.
0: And were you like a fan of screeching weasel, um, early on when you guys were playing together?
1: Uh, well, the first record that I heard, um, Oh, well, I heard their demo first and I was, I thought, I thought like the the songs are. Were, I just thought the lyrics were like, um, which is kind of funny coming from me, who also had stupid lyrics. But um, I thought the lyrics were really stupid. Um, <laughs> but I thought like they had something, yeah. you know. But by I can remember, Generation Waste and Screeching Weasel played a show in St. Louis, and and Ben and John. Um, they didn't live too far from me. They lived like two, like suburbs over from me, and they gave me a ride home instead of the other guys in Generation Waste. They just trucked it on home that night after the show. So, um, and he had played me um, some new Screeching Weasel, and the song was um, "American Suicide." I went, "Oh my god!" And I, I really, I really, really liked it a lot. And then they had "Boogada, Boogada, Boogada." After that. And, uh, then I was like, wow, this is, this is seriously really good. Um, and so, you know, when I had initially, when I joined that band, they were like one of my favorite
0: bands. Were they like popular at that point too? Like locally? I mean, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, not like, not like they are now, but like, um, for, yeah, I would say, I, I would say, yeah, I'd say like, um, you know when they'd play it would be pretty full, mm-hmm. you know full meaning three hundred people, whatever two fifty <laughs> three hundred people
0: yeah. um which is which is like amazing for like a punk band to be able to draw locally consistently is is pretty pretty awesome to this day, I'd say it's probably even more impressive now actually to come to think of it yeah i
1: I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hard to get anybody out to come to shows now, but yeah, no, now, um, now you got to yeah, 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 definitely. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, they were a, a band I liked quite a bit.
0: So yeah, um, like the the first record you play on is Punk House, right? Yeah. Which is uh, like an incredible awesome single but like like that was put out well limited potential was was a label right like that was different it's just the repress that you guys had to self-release um limited
1: potential are you talking about what am i thinking of
0: punk Um, house like originally came out on a label called limited potential
1: that yeah yes
0: yes yes okay like post your children records and like Right, right. Went on to become kind of like a big indie label for a second, right? Like Smashing Pumpkins, they did like some Smashing Pumpkin stuff, I think.
1: Yeah, I want to say you're right on that. Um, I don't remember what he did after that. I, I remember like they wanted to do something with us, and we did. And you know, it's kind of my my recollection of it is kind of uh, a little vague on yeah, that. Understandable.
0: But. Don't worry about that. Also, like the there's a split with that band, Moving Targets like that okay. on that what goes on records which is like that uh, it's just like this weird Japanese label um, that put out like a bunch of Australian stuff put out like a bunch of like crazy records back then were you in the band when that record came out in like 88 or that's just before Punk House I
1: Whatever. think that's just yeah it, it sounds like that's
0: just before um, I joined the band so when you when you joined the band, like was it a situation where you guys were just going to be touring at that point, or was it still like you had to have a, a, a like a regular job?
1: We had to have a job. I, it wasn't the kind of thing where um, you know you were making money or anything at that point. Um, it was kind of. I don't think any of us thought we would make money at that point you know i it's just something that you did because um, you i didn't really know what i would was going to do at that point in my life you know <laughs> it was kind of a scary time to be honest with you i really immersed myself in music pretty heavily mm-hmm. um but um yeah I, it's just uh you know a, a few years later we had, we ended up thinking wow we might be able to actually to do this mm-hmm. and uh we did for for, for a,
0: a time how were you asked to join the band we're like, because you weren't playing uh, well, like they wouldn't have known you as playing an instrument right
1: yeah they knew me as a singer but like you know they're like oh you want to play bass i'm like yeah i can play bass <laughs> you No. Know kind of threw bass at me. I don't even remember like bass or or what, but no, I just started playing bass. (laughs) Um, Just kind of hopped in there, you know? It it, it just, I don't know, it was just one of those things that just felt right, you know? I think they they felt cool about it, I felt cool about it. I was really excited. Yeah. I was really excited to join that band. I think maybe that was part of it, too, is I think, all right, he's going to, you know he's going to work hard and get this, get this stuff down. And I did,
0: you know, mm-hmm. so, and then it's just like, un, like arguably one of the strongest catalogs of any band ever that kind of comes at one turn that band, like, it's just it, like going through those songs. It's just like hit after hit. Like, it's just like, what a, what a band.
1: Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was, uh
0: There's some good in there. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, like, but, uh, the one thing that I've always kind of been uh, kind of stoked on and I've always wondered about is, like, the split with Born Against. Like, uh-huh. how did that friendship kind of between the two bands come about? Because it was based out of, like, a friendship, like a mutual respect, right, between the two bands?
1: Yeah, that's probably more of a question for Ben. Okay. Is for me. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, he... Him and Sam McVeters knew each other for maximum rock and roll. Yeah, and it kind of started that way.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense and stuff. Were you yeah, a fan
1: too? Of- like spearheading that whole thing. So you were know. you
0: were you a fan of any hardcore at that time? Because obviously, you know, you said you'd gotten more into like older punk, but were you kind of mm-hmm. like dipping back into hardcore at all, or were you kind of firmly entrenched in the melodic camp?
1: I mean, I've always liked. A lot. I mean, I've always liked Minor Thread. I've mm-hmm. always liked The Bad Brains. I've always liked Articles of Faith. I've always liked the Battalion of Saints. You know, that offender's record. Mm-hmm. You know, there's and I do to this day, I love it, you know. Um but it's just kinda not what I was listening to, mainly at that point.
0: Yeah. And it kind of feels like at that point, also there was like that's what you were talking about. Like there was almost like two scenes emerging in Chicago, or like more like three or four scenes actually. Now, like to think about it, but like it seems like there was like uh, the birth of like a, a punk scene in. I'm not I made mean, not birth of, but there was like def, a fu- defined hardcore scene and a defined punk scene at that point.
1: I think back then there was a little bit of you know petty rivalries and stuff like that, which looking back now I just think is so stupid. Mm-hmm but at the time that that whole thing did
0: go on i um, glad we're growing up now <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing amazing you how know? time makes those things look so small we we're, were at the at, at that point like when you did you guys start like touring out like what was your first tour do you remember
1: first tour was um, with Screeching Weasel um, in Ben's car we didn't have any equipment we had bass I think we all had our guitars, bass we had merch and we had our clothes and we were borrowing equipment along the way our first show was in Oregon that's
0: a long drive
1: yeah it was basically (laughs) like two days and uh, drove to Oregon and then uh, played a show and then uh, drove down to you know the, the berkeley area which mm-hmm. was like another like you know 12 hours or something like that i have maybe not that long but it was long it's definitely close 10 to hours, that yeah, something like that. yeah. <clears> throat> and throat> then we were there for like maybe a week or something like that and went down to the um, arizona and yeah it was just kind of a mess but then came back i think we're Maybe that was the tour where we were gonna break up, but then we didn't. I don't know. We kind of went back and forth a bunch of times. I always get a little muddled on the timeline.
0: You know, it was kind of a long time ago. Absolutely, I understand. No, but it's awesome to hear this stuff because I think these are like, especially that tour. It's like before, like you know, you guys were kind of building a scene at that point. You know, like a lot of like the the route you laid, like other bands would follow. But at that point, like, there's not really a defined. Scene of bands that I would imagine you guys were playing with. Like I think it would probably be all over the map who you were getting stuck with every day.
1: Yeah, I, it, yeah, it, it it was. Yeah, it was kind of kind of all over the place, but it, it seemed kind of open to it at the same time. That's just like I said. I didn't really have um, that crossover of subgenres. Seemed did people seem more open to it back then Mm -hmm. were you like at (laughs) least that's my perspective of it and it's some other people that were around back then
0: think the same way you know Uh, yeah no absolutely that's what you you know you hear and i think it was like that even until more recently you know it just feels like even it gets more kind of uh defined every year like the boundaries get more defined and i think that maybe it's changed again Mm -hmm. but who knows um, I was going to say, did you meet the people from Selfish Records on this tour? Is that the tour where you guys kind of made the connection? Because oh. I think they were based out of Arizona, or maybe they were based out of the Bay Area at that point.
1: I, don't, I, I honestly don't remember. I think, I want to say that was a different tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it on this tour that maybe you... The lookout What's people, that? was is, on this tour that you kind of meet lookout people, or is the lookout, I guess, yeah, uh, and and so like that's where this connection is kind of made in that uh, for like brain hurts,
1: yeah, yeah, that that would be correct, yeah. Uh, like Screeching Weasel, this, before I was playing in Screeching Weasel, they they had gone to um to Gilman to play, uh, I think it was maybe like a year before that, um, they had driven down there and played and met the people from uh, Lookout and everything. And So I think I you know, got started with that. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of lost in thought here. No, uh, don't worry about it, please. Yeah, so we had gone back. Um, the first tour that I did, we had played again, and uh, we met the people from Lookout. Uh, but nothing really... I mean, materialized for maybe like, uh, maybe like two years after that, mm-hmm. I want to say.
0: And like, what did it feel like when you got to the Bay area that there was a scene that you guys kind of could fit into, or was it like still like something that had been yet to be kind of defined?
1: Uh, no, I felt like it, because I would read maximum rock and roll mm-hmm. and I would, you know, um, that was, that was, it was well talked. It was talked about a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like people kind on of a new Gilman street, um, and, in, in all, you know, in, in Chicago, people would be talking about it. Um, so it, yeah, I, I don't, it, it felt like it felt pretty important, I guess, you know, I mean, in my perspective, like when I first got there, I felt like it was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, wow, we're playing Gilman. This is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I felt like there was there was something kind of important going on there, I would say.
0: Yeah. Like, it felt like it was
1: happening, like something was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm struggling to find the, the words here. But, yeah, um, I felt like there was definitely a, a thing happening. And, then you know, like there was just bands coming out and labels and just, I don't know, maximum rock and roll, I think, kind of was a big part of it. Mm-hmm definitely. And it's, it's, at least for me, it was.
0: No, I think, and I think even that's one something that, you know, survives to this day is like, you know, I don't think the relationship between Max rock and roll and the Gilman is as strong currently, but you know, like that kind of, it, you know, there's such an energy that exists in that, that city and that scene. And like, there's just so much stuff that's come out of there, like from like green Day to neurosis. Like it's really, uh, right. Know, much like Chicago, like a real, like hotbed of, of, you know, punk energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we played with Green Day. I want to say we played two shows with Green Day on that tour. Um, we'll say Mr. T experience might've played too.
0: Well, like like a a Uh, little tour you guys did, like two show tour with the three bands.
1: We did, we played with Green Day at a warehouse in San Francisco, but then we played with Green Day at like where Larry Livermore lived, like which was like maybe two hours north, mm-hmm. maybe
0: three hours north
1: of San Francisco,
0: the Bay Area. Um, it's like the address on I the think, original Lookout Records, like Lovettville or Lairdville or something, or yeah, yeah, I think
1: that that might
0: be it. Yeah, um, Laytonville, and that's the, it.
1: Yeah, they were probably like you know, 40 people there or something like that. <laughs> just funny to think about now, you know, with Green Day, but...
0: Um, well, just think about the influence that, like, you know, the three bands have had, but, like, certainly you guys in Green Day, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all 40 people went out and formed a band and then played to thousands and thousands of people, and they all formed bands, too. Yeah, it's fascinating. Were you, like... Um, were they were there bands at the time that you really like enjoyed that you played with on those tours that early tour
1: uh i like green day i thought i thought they were um i thought they were a good band um you know by the time you know like 39 smooth came out that i thought they were like really really good mm-hmm. um but when i had that first record I, I i liked them i liked op ivy a whole bunch i never played with them but um uh, like them a lot were
0: they, were they broken <laughs> up by the time you guys got when by the time you made it out there to play I guess right
1: yeah, yeah by the time I was out there then they were they weren't really a band anymore mm-hmm. they had broken up at that point I'm trying to think of who else um huge fan of jawbreaker I mean they were a, a you know East Bay band mm-hmm. for a while. I don't know. I know they lived at different places and then, you know, ended up moving there. But, um,
0: what about the queers? Did you see, yeah. when did you first, uh, like, were you a fan of them early on or when did you first hear them?
1: Um, heard them like, I guess Joe, had was in a record store and he came across a screeching weasel record and he had written Ben, mm-hmm. and it kind of started from there. And I remember, I can remember Ben telling me he's like, man, there's this band, the Queers. I got this song called Burger King Queen. He's like, it's so good. He's like, I know you'll like it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he played it for me and I did like him a lot. And then um, we we were on tour and um uh, we had made um, we had gone to New Hampshire just to kind of set up a show with them and did like a New Year's show and then and you know, I kind of happened ever since then you know so i want to say that was uh 91
0: going into 92 i want to say okay so that was after grow up had come up come out like yeah. Um, were did you guys like know? Because I guess that their early records, you know, have are still crazy expensive. But like, like, were you guys aware of that like Kill by Death kind of history that that band had? That they had this like super early punk single.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I knew them from grow up. Yeah. But then. Um, it, it made sense, you know. After that, that they had earlier stuff, and that was. But it just, you know, that it slipped through the radar for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. When you joined the band, did you insist on getting a copy of that first single?
1: Oh, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, yeah, I
0: don't remember. I don't. Yeah, don't, <laughs> worry, don't worry. That, that's just my the way my record mind works. Is that I'm, uh-huh. I'm always like, you know. I signed two record labels, and both times I demanded records as signing bonuses from from the uh, label people just because it's, uh, it's a curse, this record collecting thing. <laughs> That's why this podcast is so painfully nerdy. <laughs> um, I would love to talk to you forever, but I know you've got to go and go on with your life and, and carry on. But I'd love to have you back for a part two at some point in the future if you'd be so inclined because uh, there's a lot more I'd love to talk about. Music wise,
1: you know, anytime I hope uh, you got some stuff
0: that you can work with. Oh, this is amazing. With Believe this, me, <laughs> this is
1: for Oh, me. okay, good. Oh. I feel like I'm not really giving much of in, any inspiring answers here. No, but, this is um, what
0: this podcast is about. Believe me, you've inspired me. Like, I just love finding out about the interconnectedness of stuff. Like, to find out that, you know, your brother played an abomination. And you know, you were like at those master, you were at master practice or whatever, and just like that you were like into that band. Yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't think that, would you? No, (laughs) I I just love the fact that that happens, you know. And then, like, (laughs)
1: hearing you talk about (laughs) it's kind of funny, I agree. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, have I would love to come back anytime you, you know, anytime you want it, that'd be great. Big memory for me, but if I tell it to somebody else, I'd probably be like. You know, they probably want to hear about a, a record I played on or something, and I'd be like, huh, "Why do you want to hear about that for?" You know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah and believe me,
0: <laughs> I want to hear that stuff too,
1: but I just think,
0: you know, you know? I think there's it's a way to. It's funny. I just,
1: I don't, you know, the stuff that sticks out with me is probably like stuff people probably wouldn't, you know.
0: But that's the thing that's awesome. Might be
1: a little surprised that it that, but it does you know well, yeah. those are memories that stand out in my mind the most so
0: well like you know like and obviously you know the influence you've had through all the bands you've played in is immense on on punk and stuff like that but to find out like you know out of orders in there somewhere you know or like how important articles of faith was to you like I find that stuff yeah. really interesting oh yeah big time so uh, but dude big yeah time. thank you again for doing this
1: Alright, thanks for having me, man We'll talk soon Awesome, talk to you soon
0: okay. Thank you, Dan, for coming on the show Now you can hear right there Dan will be back for more In future episodes uh, We will be doing more part two with Dan In the future Dorian's dangling some keys Cammy, do you want to sing the ABC song again? You want to sing it? No no, okay, not right now. Okay. Dan uh, now is currently playing in Dan uh, <laughs> Dan Vapid and the Cheats. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so check them out. Dan, awesome guy, really cool guy. Le- and uh, okay. uh, great conversation. Like great conversation. That. That's the power cord for the computer, buddy. That's the power. That's what's making the computer uh, turn on right now. Uh, yeah. Okay, now... <laughs> So I gotta go get started on pizza because we're gonna have pizza for dinner tonight, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. pizza. Okay, so. Me pizza. Yeah, you're gonna eat the pizza. I know you're gonna eat the pizza, Cam. Not so, you, pizza. No, no pizza for me? No. What? Yeah. I can't have a little? Yeah. Oh, I can have a little? Yes. Phew. Phew. Okay, we're gonna go downstairs and start the pizza. Uh, but at first, I gotta tell people what's next week on the show. Next week on the show, uh, it's Matt Cross. Now, you might know. Uh, M-Dog 20, you might know uh, him as Son of Havoc. Uh, uh, Matt Cross is a legend of independent wrestling. We talk about it on the show. He's kind of like almost like the black flag of pro wrestling in a lot of ways. Uh, That's you, Dad. Yeah, that's a picture of Daddy with Uncle Tristan. Um, He's an amazing, amazing, amazing episode next week with Matt Cross. That's you. That's me? That wrestler? No, that's Rey Mysterio, buddy. He's pointing at the Rey Mysterio piggy bank on my desk right now and saying it looks like me. I assure you, I have not convinced my son that I have abs like Rey or anything like that. Uh, but that's next week on the show. Uh, Matt came over to my house um, and we had a, a really fun, long conversation. Oh, I love next week's I episode see so much. That. I know you do see that. Okay. I got to go make pizza. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, go out there and make your own culture. You can make a better culture yourself than anyone else could force you to have. And uh, I will see you next week. Do you guys want to say goodbye? Bye. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks again to Vans and uh, you and uh, Tristan and Kim and uh, Dorian and Holden. Camden and Lauren definitely gotta thank mommy and that's it right should we all say bye together one two three bye bye